0: Good day to you. This is Thursday, January 20th, 2022. I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is your daily scripture meditation. Once again, we are having this very simplified recording, and I don't know how long we'll have it this way. It could be many weeks. And if you like it this way better, let me know, and I'll keep it going this way. But we are, today is Thursday, and so because it's Thursday, that means it's New Testament, And we're going to be reading from the Lutheran Confessions. So today we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. Now, I'm not going to go into too much commentary on this one because Christmas was only a few weeks ago and we read it then. But I want us to read these all in order. And it does help to read these things in order to get the full context. And that's kind of the reason why... We're reading a lot of these things in the order that we are. Sometimes it can help us better understand the text when we understand what's going on around it. And so we're going to be, like I said, we'll be in Luke chapter 2. And so I'll bring that up onto the screen for you. And so there you go. In those days, decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see these things that have happened, this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. When the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is set in the law of the Lord, a pair of the turtle doves or two young pigeons. this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in, Jerusalem, in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there is a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at the very that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the text. So, like I said, we... And so we'll pick that up um, tomorrow. I was actually thinking about continuing into this to the boy Jesus in the temple. I actually kind of, I want to read this next week um, because it is going to very well connect um, with some of the themes in chapter three. So that's why I thought about going for a little bit farther in, but I think this is a good spot to stop. But we are going to read from the Lutheran Confessions. Uh, Last time, uh, we had read um, the preface to the small catechism, which, by the way, if you if you're wondering where if you have a Luther's small catechism and you wonder, where is the preface? I've never seen this. I've never heard of it. Um, part of why you haven't heard of it is because pastors, speaking of myself included, we have only so much time to get through everything in confirmation of and we probably get have time to get to it. But it is in your catechism. And it's a really weird thing um, that Concordia Publishing House, who produces most of our catechisms, it's a really weird thing they do. And they put that preface in the back. Even though preface means, it's preface, it precedes the primary text. Um, but they put it in the back. I don't know why they did that. But that is where it is. So look in the back of your catechism if you have it. And I encourage you, sit down and read it as well. Um, I know we read through it back on Thursday, but I encourage you to read it and be mindful of what how we are to be. um, to That you're supposed to keep learning your faith, your catechism. And this is good that we're reading through this. And um, when we did the regular daily scripture meditation in the previous months and weeks, in the last, you know, since the... um the pandemic started um we read a part of the catechism every single day and the reason is it's because you do need to learn you keep reading it keep learning it's supposed to be a part of your life that you know that's you're familiar with it all right so uh, okay, so here we are. We're in the catechism. And by the way, I'm reading from Concordia the Lutheran Confessions. Um, you can buy your own copy, and I honestly encourage you to buy one. Obviously, if, um, if you are a member of, a, of the Lutheran Church, um, there are two books. I'd, okay, there are three books that I believe that every single Lutheran should have. Number one is most obviously the Holy Bible um whatever translation you like i say lean towards the english standard version simply because that's the translation you hear in church on sunday morning that goes back to that um, one translation that we talked about on thursday the second book is concordia the lutheran confessions uh you can find a copy of this from concordia publishing house go buy one you could get a little pocket version um there's a big old one i encourage you to buy one um and then the third thing is have the hymnal own a hymnal and you think that well shouldn't you have a small catechism shouldn't that be one of those things well actually technically the small catechism is in the book of concord it's in that concordia lutheran Confessions. so I encourage you like i said uh, I, those are three books i think every lutheran should have um so in so what's neat one little thing they did in this edition is they they include with the commandments they include um these wood cuttings that uh, luther produced i thought this was kind of a neat little addition to put into the catechism so notices here as the head of the family should teach them in a simple way to his household so who is it the head of the family this is presumed to be The father now there's circumstances that's not the case but the head of the household the head of the family their job is to teach these things so the first commandment you shall have no other gods what does this mean we should fear love and trust in God above all things so I encourage you in your own time you see there's all these little um, stories bible stories are right with this go on your own time and read these all right go read exodus 32 and read how that relates to the first commandment so similarly we have the second commandment how does leviticus 24 connect to it the second commandment you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain what does this mean we should fear and love god so that we may not curse Swear, use witchcraft, lie or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. So you'll notice a couple things here in the Catechism as we're walking through this. is And when we get to the Large Catechism, we're going to get a lot more depth. And that's why I'm not going to go too deep into this, because that's what the Large Catechism will do when we read from it. But one thing i want to highlight is that ev- there are two things that are in every single commandment first is there's this what does this mean so basically in the in the journal it's literally what's that what's that you know it's like a child because this was these were written for children for parents to teach their children and so it, it'd be They'd say the pa the parent would say D- you wanna what's you know what the first commandment is? It is you shall not the second you wanna know what the second commandment is? It's you shall not take the Lord your the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the little child would say, What's that? And they'd answer. Well it means this. It ans it means we should fear and love God, so that we may not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive by His name. But call upon Him, and call upon it in every pray, trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. You know that's what you do. That's you kind of you're teaching them. And so, what does this mean? It's very simple. So the and you you teach them this over and over you make it part of their lives you teach them maybe you dedicate one to each week so it start and you do this and actually the best way to get kids to memorize is work on it when they're young don't wait until they're eighth or ninth grade because they are so seventh or eighth grade because there's so much going on in their life it's hard to retrain retain it my my confirmation students are frequently complaining of that to me when they're kids when they're little children their brains are like sponges work on it there just say to them like, say what's that and you say it means this all right so we should fear and love God so that is how it begins everyone is that it. In order to do the, in order to not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, deceive by his name, in order to call upon it in trou- every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks, you must first fear and love God. In other words, obedience to the commandments flows from faith. You cannot keep the commandments. Unless you have faith. And this is why every commandment ultimately flows from the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. When you have another god before the one true God, that's when you break commandments. Uh, so, all right, let's keep going here. Third commandment. you shall sanctify the holy day what does this mean answer we should fear and love god so that we may not despise preaching and his word but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it now i want to make a quick note here and this is a really good um point to do this um when we the command if you're like me the third commandment as you know it is remember the sabbath day by keeping it holy you're gonna you notice right here that it's translated a little bit differently and so this this is one of those cases where it is actually probably good to have a dedicated small catechism in the regular translation and the reason i say that is because this goes back to the word by word stick to one translation um that's the one that you learn especially the young but as we're just kind of reading through this just going boom 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 we're reading it like you'd read a regular book we're not reading for the purpose memorization we're just reading it for the sake that we're reading through it um then we read the slightly different translation um but the translation is still it's still saying the same thing and you'll notice the meaning itself is still the same generally it's the the commandment that's changed a little bit and the word so sanctify literally means to set apart and that actually is so the holy day we are supposed to set apart a day as being sacred being special and and I guess it is kind of um, redundant this you shall sanctify the holy day In other words you should you should set apart the day which is set apart that's what it literally means so But, yes, it is the commandment. Well, again, this will come up in the large catechism. Fourth commandment. You shall honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you, and you may live long upon the earth. What does this mean? Answer, we should fear and love God, so that we may not despise or anger our parents and masters, but give but give them honor, serve them, obey them, and hold them in love and esteem. So this is a case where I actually like this translation. Now remember the Sabbath day by keeping holy, that third commandment, it's up to, I'd have to really do some thinking to see which one I prefer. But this one, I prefer this one because even though it's got that little cute little brackets in there, it gives you that, the promise of the fourth commandment that that a lot of the modern translations don't have it says honor your father and your mother and there's a promise in it that it may be well with you and you may live long upon the earth that was lost it's the only commandment with a promise in it and i don't like that 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 is one of those things i don't like that got cut off in the current catechisms so and, and you're probably wonder, well I thought you, I thought the works don't save us works don't do good things. Well, this is actually kind of one of those it's kind of a consequence thing. You obey your parents like your parents tell you don't if you're going to go across, if you're going to cross the street, look both ways. If you don't follow that teaching of your parents, you're not going to live a long life because one day something bad's going to happen. I mean that's a very trivial example. Um, very simplistic one but that is simple if you follow what your parents teach you you will you might live a little bit longer now you're not guaranteed there may be things that happen that are beyond outside of that those um teachings but generally it might mean a good life all right fifth commandment you shall not murder what does this mean answer we should fear and love god so that we may not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body but help and befriend him in every bodily need in every need and danger of life and body Hmm. i'd have to look a little bit more into that but that's yeah that's kind of, one of those things we'll pick up on when we get to the large catechism the sixth commandment you shall not commit adultery what does this mean Answer, we should fear and love God so that we may lead a pure and decent life in words and deeds and each love and honor his spouse. The seventh commandment, you shall not steal. What does this mean? Answer, we should fear and love God so that we may not take our neighbor's money or property, nor get them with bad products or deals, but help him to improve and protect his property and business. The Eighth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What does this mean? Answer, we should fear and love God so that we may not deceitfully belie, betray, slander, or defame our neighbor, but defend him, think and speak well of him, and put the best construction on everything. Interesting right there that says think. and not just speak well of him, but think well of him. And that's one of the things we sin in thought, word, and deed. The ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? Answer, we should fear and love God so that we may not craftily seek to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or obtain it by a show of of justice and right, or any other means, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. The Tenth Commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, or his cattle, or anything that is his. What does this mean? We answer, we should fear and love God, so that we may not turn, force, or entice away our neighbor's wife, servants, or cattle but urge them to stay and carefully do their duty. What does God say about all these commandments? Answer, he says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Exodus 20, verse 5 through 6. What does this mean? Answer, God threatens to punish all who sin against these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not act contrary to these commandments. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. The Creed as the head of the family, should teach it in the simplest way to his household. The first article concerning creation. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures. He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my limbs, my reason and all my senses, and still preserves them. In addition, he has given me clothing and shoes, meat and drink, house and home, wife and children, fields, cattle, and all my goods. He provides me richly and daily with all that I need to support this body and life. He protects me from all danger and guards me and preserves me from all evil. He does all this out of pure fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this I ought to thank him praise him, serve him, and obey him, this is most certainly true. The second article concerning redemption. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, he descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead, He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? Answer, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil. He did this not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, so that I may be his own, live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. The third article concerning sanctification I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church the communion of Saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen what does this mean answer I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel enlightened me with his gifts sanctified and kept me in the true faith in the same way he calls gathers enlightens and sanctifies the whole christian church on earth and keeps it with jesus christ in the one true faith in this christian church he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers on the last day he will raise up me and all the dead and will give eternal life eternal life to me and to all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. So next time we pick up with this on Tuesday, um, we'll begin into the Lord's Prayer, and very appropriately, that's what we'll pray now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessings to you on your day. Um, I pray this is a blessing to you. I know this one went long, because I kind of dug quite a bit into that catech- the catechism part. Um, but we'll pick up with the Old Testament tomorrow, and I leave you with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Right, amen.